just first of all, I think it's pretty well known that you are from a family of swimmers who have competed at the Olympics um, and your parents ran a swimming school as well. But as a kid, who or what inspired you the most to want to be a swimmer? Um, probably, so I was five when the 2000 Olympics were on and I don't really remember much of it, but I just remember Susie O'Neill and um, like I don't think I even watched her race or saw her race but I might have seen her on TV um, and I got to meet her through my uncle as well because he was a sports manager um, and so I just like idolized her from that young age but I didn't really understand what the Olympics were because I was only five and then once I got to the 2004 Olympics when they were Athens um, and I watched those on TV and I was a bit older so I kind of got to understand what the Olympics were about a bit more and um, kind of started to get an understanding that my parents were both elite swimmers as well when they were younger. So I think just as I got older, realising all that stuff and watching people on TV do these incredible things, that kind of inspired me from that young age to want to do that when I grow up. And although you said you watched um, some of the swimming um, in 2000, was swimming the only kind of thing that you were doing when you were a little kid or did you do other sports and activities? Um, I did a bit of everything. I did um, dancing, basketball, uh, through school. I did a bit of netball and touch football and just I tried a bit of everything really, athletics. I loved um, doing high jump and I went back to my school last week and they said I still have the 13-year-old high jump <laughs> record at school, <laughs> which is surprising. But, yeah, so I tried a bit of everything growing up. That's really cool to say that you were from your school and that you hold, like, the record there. That's really cool. <laughs> Yeah. Records in high jump as well as swimming. Um, yeah. And when you were young and you decided to start swimming competitively, did you ever find it intimidating having family members who had done so well or was it kind of something that you saw as a challenge to be as good as them or better? Um, it was never intimidating and it was never really competitive either. Um, it was more just they, both my parents, supported all three, so my sister, me and my brother, just supported us in whatever we wanted to do. And in terms of swimming, they started a swim school and they just wanted us to learn how to swim so we could be safe in the water. Um, and then as we progressed, um, they were just big supports because they'd been there before. And as I got older and was going through all the different competitions and training and um, all of that kind of stuff, they just were able to support me really well because they'd been there and done it and understood it and knew what I'd be going through at different points. So I think that's been the biggest help for me. Um, and this is a little bit random, but I was talking to someone who has known your family for quite a long time, um, like since you were a kid, and I asked them about you and they said, Em was always an overachiever, but down to earth and downplayed everything. They also described you as extremely humble. Um, and when you were winning all these swimming titles, like even as a kid, what did you think um, or why do you think that you were able to stay so humble and kind of down to earth, I guess? Um, I think because I know that swimming is something that I do and it's not who I am. That doesn't make me a better person than anyone else. Um, and, yeah, who you are as a person is what matters more. So I think that's probably just something that I've believed since I was little. Yeah. Um, and you're humble, but would you also describe yourself as confident? Yeah, definitely. I don't think um, 
like even though yeah you can be humble and you can be confident in what you're about to do or in your abilities and things like that so yeah I'd say both how do you kind of balance those two things so you don't get too ahead of yourself but you're not kind of um I guess making yourself feel like you're like you're not going to win although they're kind of completely opposite um I think the confidence side is like believing in the hard work that you've done and believing that you're capable of winning and capable of doing your best on that day so that's the confidence side and then the humble side is just no matter how you go good or bad that's separate from who you are so um I think it's just knowing and believing that um that kind of keeps a good balance yeah um and you're actually competing while you're still in high school which is pretty crazy and you won medals at the 2010 youth olympics in singapore how did the teachers and students at school like deal with all of your achievements? I can't remember. It was a while ago now. Um, I think they're all just proud of me um, and supportive of me. And I guess through school, I was kind of like the swimmer and everyone knew that I was good at swimming. So um, they kind of expected it, I guess, and kind of, they would always talk about me going to the Olympics one day as well. Um, So I don't know. They were just always really encouraging. Yeah. It must be pretty crazy for them to say that like, because I guess not everyone is like been to the Olympics when they're still in high school. So that's like really cool that you did that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was youth Olympics. So that was, yeah, I think it was up to 16 years. So that was really cool because it was like a first kind of taste of, what the Olympics might be like because we're in a village and it was a multi-sporting event and we got to go over to Singapore and things like that. So it was pretty cool to do. I was only 15, I think at the time. So it was a really cool experience. Um, And so you've technically been swimming like your entire life and that's a long time to do something if you don't love it. So what do you love about swimming? Well, that's kind of a basic question. Um, Well, during my teenage years, I stopped and started a lot. Um, because I wasn't really sure whether I wanted to do it. And I started to put too much pressure on myself. Yeah. Um, and then that made me not enjoy it. So when I came back to the sport, um, it kind of taught me that I have to enjoy what I'm doing first. And it taught me to put a better balance between the pressure and the enjoyment side of things. Um, so that made me enjoy it more. Um, And it's kind of, I guess, got me to where I am now and it's got me to keep swimming for this long as well. And I think the enjoyment side, what makes me love it so much is just I love challenging myself and I love working towards a big goal that I'm really passionate about and that I believe in. Um, I I love all my friends um, and the team that I've got around me every day. Um, and I love all the opportunities that it's given me so far, um, and all the lessons as well, because I think there's a lot of highs and lows and a lot of lessons that you learn that you can take with you forever. So, um, they've kind of built me into the person I am now. Yeah. Um, and not to be too negative, but what would you say is your least favorite part of swimming? Uh, I don't like being tired all the time. (laughs) (laughs) in the early mornings yeah I was gonna say a lot of early mornings I'm guessing yeah 
would you kind of yeah, just I've never really of... been a morning person <laughs> you would kind of just get used to it would you did you kind of just like how long did it take to get used to it like walking up at 4am or how early it is hopefully it's not um well during school I was up at quarter to five I uh-huh. think it was so that was really early um but now I'm waking up at 5 20 wow so a bit later um but yeah I would say I'm probably still not used to it if there was no if I didn't have an alarm set I wouldn't wake up <laughs> um and what are your favorite things to do um when you're not in the pool um well during like a uh like training season I guess there's not really a lot of spare time to do the things I love. Like um, I love traveling. I love being at home in Wollongong with my family and my dog and um, things like that. So while I'm training, I can't really do those kinds of things, but um, they're the things I like on break. And I like going down to Lake Conjola where my family have a place and just relaxing and um, going down the beach and things like that. But while I'm training, um, I enjoy reading, going down the beach, um, going to cafes and coffee and going out for breakfast, things like that, catching up with friends. Yeah. Um, and I know I asked you about your favourite, like, overseas place before, but what do you most love about travelling? Because, like, I've never been overseas, but I'd like to know what it's like, I guess. Um, I think it's just, like, exploring new places and um, new cultures, places that are just so different to anywhere in Australia. Um, and... Yeah, just seeing the different way of life that people live, I guess, in different countries and just seeing a lot of Europe is really old. So seeing these really historic places, I love that as well. Yeah. Uh, And we've chatted before about how you quit swimming for a while and you mentioned it before as well um, when you just missed out on the 2012 Olympics. When you're such a competitive person, how do you kind of fill in like that gap in your life, I guess, when you weren't competing? Um, well, I was still in school, so I just did what everyone else at school was doing. So just my schoolwork and, um, after school being able to do different social things. So they were the things that I thought I was missing out on when I was swimming, because if people were organizing something at school to do after school that day or to do that weekend, often I'd have to say no, because I either had training that week, that night, um, after school or. Um, I had a meet in Sydney or something that weekend, so I couldn't go to a party or things like that. Um, so when I stopped swimming, I was able to do those things, but I actually realized when I was doing those things, I realized I wasn't really missing out on a lot. Um, cause it might be just like the few things they have to say no to, but, and when you have to say no, it feels like a lot, but it wasn't as much as I thought. Um, even though it was a lot of fun to be able to do those things with my friends yeah so although you kind of said like um you hated as much as you hated missing out on some of those things like who or what was it although you kind of explained it that made you just want to come back to swimming again um probably just having that drive and that thing that big thing that you're working towards and that you're passionate about I think that's probably what I missed and I miss my friends from swimming as well um, because I was used to seeing them every day, sometimes twice a day. Um, so I miss them. And I think just, I didn't want to keep going through my life and then get to a point where it was too late to come back to swimming and regret 
not doing it and regret missing out on that opportunity of doing something that I was really good at and that I did love. And there was always parts of it that I did love, but I was kind of focusing too much on the parts that I didn't like, which was the pressure that I put on myself and things like missing out on social things and things like that. Um, And on a bit of a happier note now, I guess, 20 Commonwealth Games medals, seven Pan Pack medals, 17 World Championship medals, 11 Olympic medals. You're obviously very good at swimming. Um, You're good at school and you're a lovely person, but I'm wondering what you're not very good at. What I'm not good at? Um, Maybe it's like cooking or... I used to be not good at cooking. (laughs) but I've gotten better. <laughs> I just kind of on a different note again. Um, that moment when you're on the blocks about to dive in, what are you just thinking about, I guess? Um, well, at that last moment before I'm diving in, it's kind of just about my race plan and what I have to do. Um, so I've just got like a few cues through my race and my first lap, I'm kind of just focusing on um, making it as easy as possible. And then the second lap, I'm just focusing on building it and giving it like, that's when it turns into a race. So I'm just kind of focusing on that very immediate process that's in front of me. Do you think that's kind of the same for like a lot of other swimmers or does everyone kind of have like, do you think everyone else kind of has their own thing that they do before a race? Uh, I, I think everyone's probably got individual things, but I'd say most people are just focusing on um, whatever little cue that they need to do during the race. Yeah. And you're, um, you've obviously got very good swimming genes in your family, like you mentioned before about your parents um, and the rest of your family. But I guess that doesn't really guarantee the kind of success that you've had. And I know that you're a humble person, but what do you think has made you so successful? Um, I would say it's the hard work. Um, it's just having a hard work ethic and working on something every day, um, week after week and year after year, because it didn't just happen all of a sudden for me. Um, it's just putting in that consistent hard work for like five or six years, like just year after year, kind of just keeping it going. And when you're in the water and you're swimming a really fast time, do you know in the water that you're going really fast? Like, what does it feel like when you're just kind of like zooming through the water like that? Honestly, the fastest races feel the easiest. So sometimes I've swam my fastest while kind of going not quite max. So sometimes my fastest swims have been in heats even. And when I chatted to you a couple of months ago, you told me that the um, 100-metre freestyle gold medal from Tokyo was the most special one. Can you take me back to that medal ceremony when the person came out with the medal and you took it off the little tray and put it around your neck? Do you remember what you were thinking and feeling in that moment? Um, I remember thinking that I had just been proud that I'd pulled it off because I really believed that I could win. And I've said this before, but I believed that I could win, not that I would win. So you can't go into a race knowing you're going to win. It's just knowing you're capable of winning. And so that's how that's kind of the mental space that I wanted to be in for the race. So I think when I stood on the podium and was, and had the gold medal around my neck, it was just 
being so happy that I'd actually pulled it off. And then also just thinking about all my family back home who were in lockdown at the time and imagining them celebrating um, because I FaceTimed them in between my race and the medal presentation. Um, and then just thinking about all the people around me who had helped me to get to that point, uh, my coach and just the whole team, like the sports scientist and my physio and everyone. So it was like a big team effort. Um, and speaking of medals, I know it's a really cliche question to ask why you keep your medals, but you have a lot of them. So I'm genuinely interested, like where you put them um, and then they in any kind of maybe special order. Um, I think each like meet is all together. Yeah. Um, but my Olympic ones, I actually don't know where they are right now. They're, they're in Wollongong, but I used to keep, so before Tokyo, I had my Rio ones under the stairs in, I had like this toy pram when I was little and the pram was still stored under the stairs. So for some reason they sat in that. <laughs> um, but then when I came home from Tokyo, um, I had, because I was kind of taking them out a lot and showing people or taking them to different um, events and things like that. I just had them in a shopping bag. So I, I think they're still in that in Wollongong. Wow. They seem like pretty cool storage places. <laughs> yeah. I should probably do something a bit more <laughs> careful with them, <laughs> but they're in safe hands. My, my, my parents are looking after them at home. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and earlier this year, Ash Barty retired um, from tennis because she had achieved what she set out to do. And you've already achieved so much in swimming. What keeps you motivated to keep doing those um, early mornings going up and down the pool? I think just because I love it um, and that I feel like I can still improve and I have achieved what I wanted to achieve and um, probably even more than I want, than I expected um, in Tokyo. So I think it's just probably the belief that I think I, I, I believe I can still go faster. And so I just want to challenge myself to do that and to just finish swimming, knowing I'd done everything that I possibly could and gone as fast as I could. And just, just kind of seeing what, just to see what I'm capable of really. Yeah. Um, and just, I've got one last question for you. What advice would you have for kids that do any kind of sport? I would say enjoyment. You just have to find something that you enjoy and have that be the main priority really. And then what, because whatever you enjoy, if you want, if you have dreams of, you know, going to the Olympics in whatever sport it is, if you enjoy it, that's, you're going to keep doing it for longer and you're going to work hard at it because you love it. So I think that's probably the main thing. Thanks for listening. To support Herway, visit the link in the description section.